We're so excited about this series that we're kicking off, Decoding God's Will. How many of you would love to know God's will for your life? Let me see your hand. Wouldn't that be great to know? What is the Lord's plan for me? Uh, Man, that's an important topic. Most everybody wants to know what is the plan of God, what is the will of God. I'll say this, after working in youth ministry for over uh, 20 years, that's probably the most frequently asked question is, uh, Pastor Scotty, how do I know what God's will is? Translate. I understand what they're really meaning. Pastor Scotty, how do I know if she is God's will for my life or is he God's will for my life? And so that's what a lot of young people want to know. I was speaking at a camp this past week and I thought I'd just mess with the teenagers a little bit. How many of you guys know it's fun to mess with teenagers, right? Just give them a hard time. So I was, I was speaking at a camp and I said to them, hey, this is going to be a great week of your life. Who knows? You may meet your future spouse this week at camp. Well, there's kind of a little nervous giggle, you know, kind of a looking around the room, kind of, oh, oh. I said, who knows? You may have already met your future spouse here at camp, and you don't even know it yet. So as a matter of fact, we're going to do this just to kind of break the ice a little bit. I'm going to help you out. What we're going to do is this. I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock, and then I have everybody to stand up. And once the clock starts, I want you to go and stand by the person that if you had to marry somebody at camp, who would it be? Put the time on the clock. Let's go. And they're looking at me like, what? (laughs) Except for that one junior high boy who got up. He's like, I already know. And he was ready to go. And then there was that senior high girl that's like, if he comes over here, I'm going to slap him silly. So it was just a great moment. How to know the will of God. This is an important topic. You may be asking that question. How do I know if I'm supposed to marry this person or not? Or, or, uh, you know, is this the job that I'm supposed to take? Or am I supposed to take that job? Or am I supposed to stay in my current job situation? Now, should I buy this house or that house? Or should we rent right now? Should I go to this school or that school? I want to know God's will for my life. So this is a very, very important topic And yet the cool thing about it is, is that there are two things that we're going to learn through this study during this series. And the first one is this, God has a plan for each of our lives and his plan is always, somebody say always, his plan is always the best plan. Aren't you thankful for that? God has a plan for each of our lives, not just for the person next to you, but for your life. God has a plan for your life, and his plan is always the best plan. Have you ever thought that you had a good idea? You thought you had a good plan, and then you realized later that it wasn't such a great plan? You ever been there before? When it comes to doing the will of God, you can always know 100% of the time that when you are walking in the way of the Lord, you will be most blessed. As a matter of fact, I would say it this way. God not only has a purpose for your life, but he has pre-wired you for your God-given destiny. In other words, he has placed that destiny inside of you. Anything that you're going to spend the remainder of your heartbeats doing in the name of the Lord, and as you set out to serve God and and to live for God, I want you to know that destiny is already inside of you. Listen to what Psalm 139, verses 13, 14, 15, and 16 have to say. It says, for you, God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. Listen to this. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You have destiny inside of you. Listen to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know what that means? Before you were you, God had a plan for you, so he created you. Now think about that for just a second. In other words, you didn't just show up on earth and God's like, now what are we going to do with him? That's not how it works. You may look at your life and you may look at your circumstances of you coming into this world and you may think it was labeled an accident. You may have been unplanned or unexpected. You may look back over that upbringing and just think, man, there doesn't seem to be any purpose here. But I want you to know that you are here because God had a plan for you before you were you. So he created you and wired you up so that you could not only know but do the will of God. Are you encouraged by that? today to know that God has a plan for your life. God has a plan and his plan is always the best plan, but you have to understand this. Just because God has a plan for your life doesn't mean that you'll do it. How many of you have discovered that the world has a plan for your life? Everybody else has a plan for your life. Everybody else has priorities for your life. Everybody else has ideas on what you ought to do with your time, with your, with, with your hobbies, with your interests. Everybody has a plan for you. Just because God has a plan for your life doesn't mean that you'll do it. As a matter of fact, listen to what Scripture has to say about the tug that could pull you away. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, it says, The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. So just because God has a plan for you doesn't mean that you're going to do it because you can be distracted, you can be deceived, you could be enticed, you could be pulled off of God's plan and begin to pursue things that will not last, they will not satisfy. As a matter of fact, they promise everything but only produce heartache and brokenness. Isn't it interesting to you? Have you ever noticed that there are numerous stories, many, many stories of people who win the lottery and lose their lives? Have you heard of these stories? Somebody wins millions of dollars, and so now they get the house that they've always wanted, maybe several houses, maybe a beach house, maybe one in the mountains. They get it just like they wanted. Multiple cars, the cars that they've always dreamed of having, all the finest of clothes, all of the greatest of jewelry, all of this stuff, and many end up in divorce. Many lose their families. Some even take their own lives by way of suicide. Why? Because the world and its desires pass away there is a path that looks like everything glitters and everything is so great but God's word is teaching us God has a plan for you and his plan is always the best plan the second reason I think this series is going to be so helpful is this not only does God have a plan for you and a will for your life but number two God's will is not a secret you need to receive that right now because God is not playing hide and seek from you concerning his will. 
God wants to reveal it. He desires for you to know it. He wants you to know it so you can do it, so you can experience the blessing that comes from it. But it's been my experience as a pastor that a lot of people live with this pressure or this stress, and they're so uptight about the will of God. I just want to know God's will. I just don't want to mess up. I just don't want to miss it. I'm just trying to figure out what God wants me to do. Do I take a left or do I take a right? Speak, Lord. Help me, God. Don't let me make a mistake. God, is this a right relationship or a wrong relationship? I thought it was right, but sometimes it's feeling wrong. Uh, Lord, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? Oh, God, just speak. And they get all worked up over it, and it's pressure and stress and anxiety. Did you know God never intends for it to be like that? Did you know that God wants his will to be plain simple and clear easily understood and known by you that's why we're calling this decoding the will of God is because God's will is not secret as if it is elusive and God is wanting you to play some guessing game and sometimes you're right and sometimes you're wrong as a matter of fact he says it this way in John chapter 10 that he's the shepherd we're his sheep and it says in John 10 that the sheep will know his voice He says, my children, if you're a child of mine, you will know my voice. That should be encouraging to you. Yet let's keep it it real here today. If you're like me, you probably read something like that. and You're like, man, that sounds awesome. I will know his voice. He wants me to know his will. It sounds so easy. Then why is it so hard? Anybody else feel like that at times? If God's will is so easy to know, why is it so difficult for me to know it? And so we're going to just decode God's will during this series. We're going to break it down and we're going to make it plain and we're going to equip you with ways to know the will of God. And it starts with this. Number one, it starts with a commitment to discovering the will of God. It starts with a commitment. That's the key word. Uh, to discovering, well, man, that's another key word, the will of God. What am I saying? I'm saying there is a difference in living with a curiosity to know it and living with a commitment to truly discovering it. How many of you understand there's a difference in a curiosity? Like if I say, how many want to know the will of God? You're like, sure, why not? Yeah, I'd like to know what God thinks about this situation. There's a big difference in being curious and being committed. Why? Because God doesn't operate just in terms of the simple and the convenient that our natural minds think of. God loves the big picture. He loves the entire journey. See, curiosity could mean, I just want to know. I'm curious, what is God's will? How many of you ever thought, how cool would it be if we could Google it and find out God's will? You ever thought about that before? Wouldn't that be nice if you could just tap it? Let's just figure it out. Hold on, honey. Let me just check here and see what the will of God is. Google. We're moving. Everybody pack. All right, we're going. Like, that just seems like it would be so easy. And I'm going, God, I want to know your will. God, I want to do your will. I want to honor you with my life. I want to follow you wholeheartedly. If you just say something, I would do it. If you could just help me to know what to do, I would do it. Why do you have to make it so hard? As a matter of fact, we could be thinking, if he's all powerful, why couldn't I just take a coin and says, Lord, heads we move, tails we stay. You're powerful. You're omnipotent. 
omnipotent, we trust you. All right. Why couldn't we just do it like that if he's in complete control? You know why? Because we tend to think in terms of the answer or just the destination or just the decision, but God loves the whole process. You say, what do you mean the process? He loves the process of making it hard. No, he loves the process of you leaning in. You ever been talking with someone and and you couldn't quite make out what they're saying? And what is your natural instinct, your body language, your natural reaction is to lean in, is to turn your ear and maybe even cup it a little bit. Maybe you you silence all of the noise that's going on around you, get all of that quiet. Why are you doing that? Because you want to lean in to hear the one that you're trying to receive the message from, and God loves it when we do that. He loves it when we lean in. As a matter of fact, it's not that he's not concerned about which job you choose or which school you choose or which house you choose. He's concerned about all of that. He cares about all of that, but he cares more about who you're becoming than what it is that you're doing because God can bless you at any job. He could bless you in any house. He could bless you at any school, but he loves it when his people look intently into his eyes. We would just get distracted by just kind of the, the drop a quarter in and push the button. Okay, that's what God said. Now let's go and do it. And we're missing out on relationship. So he says, this is where it starts to understand my will. It's a commitment to truly discovering my will. You see it stated this way in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let me ask you this. If you really want to know the will of God, how much time are you spending and how committed are you to discovering his will through his word? How many of you understand that the will of God is primarily communicated to you and to me through the word of God? Did you know that that's the number one place that God reveals his will? And you can tell if you're just curious to know it or if you're committed to discovering it by how devoted you are to reading the Bible. You don't read the Bible out of spiritual obligation as if God gives you credit for every bold printed number that you read through. Verse a day keeps the devil away. No, you don't read it just because you're trying to get some extra credit in heaven. You don't do that to impress the Lord. Lord, I read two chapters today. You're welcome. It's not that we're trying to impress the Lord. Listen, when you're committed to, to reading the word of God, you are discovering the will of God. Listen to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says, all scripture, somebody say all scripture. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're going, when when we're wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You see, the word of God will tell us you're on the right path. You're going in the right direction. It will affirm that. It will will expose the right way that we should go. And it will also warn us when we're on the wrong path. God's word will come and speak to us and say, that's going to lead to hurt and heartache. You don't want to take that path. And so we need to be devoted to his word so we can discover his will. Listen to Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet 
and a light on my path. I love the way it's written in the message version where it says this, Psalm 119, still verse 105. It says, by your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. How many of you are thankful that the word of God is a lamp to your feet, a light to your path, and it will show you the way that you're supposed to go? Are you thankful for the word of God? The more time we spend in his word, the more clearly we will recognize his voice. The number one way that God speaks to you regarding his will is through his word. The more devoted you are to studying his word, the more in tune you will become with his voice and understand his will. Have, have you discovered in your life that the more time you spend with someone, the more naturally you recognize their voice? You interact with them, the more time you, you can, re when they call, you recognize their voice. I always love it. Cracks me up whenever my wife, Casey, calls me. And I say, hello, and she says, hey, babe, it's me, Casey. <laughs> I just think that's funny for a couple of reasons. Like, number one, we've been married 18 years. I got you figured out. I know your voice, baby. It's all right. Yeah, I got you. Number two, we got caller ID. You know what I'm saying? So either way, I got it. I got it. Sometimes I just feel like I want to mess with her a little bit. I'm like, Casey who? You know, I just want to mess with her just a little bit. The more time you spend with someone, the more you recognize their voice. The more familiar you become with the voice of God, the more readily you will recognize when it's not God. You ever been in a situation before? You're like, is this God or is this the devil telling me to do that? Have you ever been like that? And you stepped out because you thought it was God, then you realized it was the devil. Have you ever had that happen? The more time you spend in his word, the more familiar you become with his voice. And there's so much noise. There's so many opinions. Everybody has advice for you. Everybody wants to tell you what they think that you ought to do. And you get five people saying take a left, five people saying take a right, three people saying turn around, two people saying come with me. I mean, you get all kinds of voices, all kinds of advice, all kinds of opinion. The question is, what is the word of God saying to you about your situation? And I've learned this, as I recognize his voice and as I tune into God's word, it will help me to tune out the world's noise. As I tune in to God's word, it will help me to tune out to the world's noise. Let me read this story to you. Back when the telegraph was the fastest method of long-distance communication, a young man applied for a job as a Morse code operator. Answering an ad in the newspaper, he went to the office address that was listed. When he arrived, he entered a large, busy office filled with noise and clatter, including the sound of a telegraph in the background. A sign on the receptionist's counter instructed job applicants to fill out a form and to wait until they were summoned to enter the inner office. The young man filled out his form and sat down with seven other applicants in the waiting area. After a few minutes, the young man stood up, crossed the room to the door of the inner office, and walked straight in. Naturally, the other applicants perked up, wondering what was going on. They muttered among themselves that they hadn't heard any summons yet. They assumed that the young man who went into the office had made a mistake, and he would be disqualified. Within a few minutes, however, the employer escorted the young man out of the office and said to the other applicants, Gentlemen, thank you very much for coming, but the job 
job has just been filled. The other applicants began grumbling to each other, and one spoke up saying, wait a minute, I don't understand. He was the last one to come in, and we never even got a chance to be interviewed, yet he got the job. That's not fair. The employer said, I'm sorry, but all the time you've been sitting here, the telegraph has been ticking out the following message in Morse code. If you understand this message, then come right in. The job is yours. None of you heard it or understood it. This young man did, and the job is his. Listen, what we have to learn to do is to tune out what we shouldn't be listening to and tune in to what it is that we should be listening for. And the number one way you learn his voice is by studying his word. So it starts with that commitment to discover it, but then there's a second thing. It's this, number two. It moves on to a true desire to do the will of God. It begins with a commitment to discover it, but then this desire to not only know it, but to do the will of God. I like the way the psalmist just expresses this psalm. Chapter 40 and verse 8, he says, I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. I desire to do your will, oh my God. Not merely to know it. How many of you understand there is a huge difference in wanting to know the will of God and wanting to do the will of God? For many of us, if we're honest, we just want to know his will so we can add it to our options. Lord, what's your will? What's your plan? Okay, I can say that's a pretty good, I'm going to add it to the list right here. And after I figure those out, I'll let you know where I land. Lord, what's your thought on this? What's your plan? What's your will? I want to know because I'm curious. I want to know it, but it's not necessarily that I'm promising that I'm going to do it. Our challenge isn't typically knowing what we should do, but doing what we already know to do. When it comes to doing the will of God, our biggest problem is not typically figuring it out, it's living it out. And in this series on decoding the will of God, if we move beyond just this commitment, this understanding right out of the gate that says, I need to do what I already know to do, then we're going to miss out. A good place for you to start today is simply to ask yourself that question. Am I already doing what he's already told me to do? If not, why would we ask God to tell us more when we're clearly only interested in doing his will when it lines up with ours? What's your will, Lord? Ah, that doesn't exactly fit with where I'm headed, but thanks so much for the input. God knows our hearts and our desire is not merely to know it, but a commitment and a devotion to do it. Lord, show me your ways. Teach me your path. Show me what it is that you want me to do that I might walk in that truth. So what does God's word already clearly express regarding his will? Let me just give you a few things, all right? Just a couple of examples. Number one would be this. It's God's will for you to be saved. I want to know God's will. I want to know God's plan for my life. Here's God's plan for your life. It's written in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It is God's will that none would perish. That how many would perish? None would perish, but all would come to repentance. How many come to repentance? All. What's God's will for your life? Is that you'd be free of your sin. 
It's God's will for your life that you would make him Lord of your heart so that he could have relationship with you. He desires friendship with you. God wants you to spend forever and ever and ever with him in heaven. That is God's will. That's the starting point. Okay, I got that, and that's cool, but I have other questions, and I want to experience God's will. Here's something else that we learn about God's will. It's God's will for you to be set apart. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. What does that mean? It means that you would come out of the pattern and the way and the path of this world, that you'd be set apart to him and for him, that you would follow his plan, not the world's desires. If you can look at your life and you know that there are things that you're giving into, things that you're a part of that you know break the heart of God, that you're making choices and decisions that are against what God has clearly laid out in his word. It's not that God's going, I'm mad at you, I'm ticked off, I'm angry that you're not perfect. No, no, no. His heart is, I want you to avoid those things that would pull you away, and I want you to chase those things that would draw you closer to me. Why? Because God knows that sin will destroy, but obedience will bring blessing. I want to know God's will for my life. Then if you're doing things that are taking you from him, his will is that you would stop doing them and start following him. What about a third thing? It's this. It's God's will that you would be thankful. Do you know that God just wants you to be a thankful person? It's God's will that you'd be grateful. Listen to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God, I just want to know your will. I just want to know what you want me to do. God, show me your will. God, I don't want to miss your will. And he says, here's my will. Say thank you. And what do you mean? God wants you to say, God, I recognize that you saved me from a life of destruction and I thank you. God, you saved me from my own demise, and I thank you. God, you didn't give up on me when I was straying and going my own way. You were patient with me. You were loving and kind and compassionate. And God, I want to say thank you for never giving up on me. God, you promised that no matter what I go through, you'll always be right there with me. You'll always carry me through it, that I'm not on my own. And God, I want to say thank you. Did you thank him this morning when you woke up? Did you just say, thank you, Lord, for another day to serve you? Thank you, Lord, that I get to go to a church today where I get to be with your people and listen to your word and worship together with my church. Thank you, Lord, for my church. Did you thank him for the thunderstorm that kept you up all night last night? Thank you, Lord, for the rain. Thank you, Lord, the rain stopped so I could go to church without getting my hair wet. Thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for the clouds that block the sun so I'm not too hot. Thank you for the gentle breeze that's coming. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Living with a heart of gratitude. Why does he want us to do that? Is it that he's insecure? Is that that he's mad and upset going, I did something nice and you didn't say thank you? What is it? Is he on some kind of trip? What is it? No, he wants you to do that because he knows that when your heart is postured as one filled with gratitude, it will affect everything in your life because you'll live going, I know that God is with me. I know that God is for me. I know that God was with me then and so he'll be with me now. I'm going through something that's difficult now, but I can look back and see how he was with me then. So today, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Even in this circumstance, I thank you, Lord. 
That's God's will. I could go on and on and on and on. When you stu- All of that's in his word. And when you're saved, when you're set apart, when you're living with a heart of gratitude, and it says it is God's will that you be spirit-filled. It says it's God's will that you would be a, a person who forgives. It says that it's God's will that you would live with a heart of submission towards it. When, all, when you're doing everything that you know it says in his will, you know what? You are posturing yourself to discover the yet-to-be revealed will of God. But if you're not even doing what he's already told you to do, you'll never discover what he's yet to reveal. You ever notice that on your GPS when you plug something in and it's got that blue line that takes you all over the place? You ever notice what happens if you veer off? Like you can have that blue line going this way, but that little dot, that little dot tracking right you where you are, it's going the wrong way and it's over here around nothing. And you see that line? You've gotten off track. You don't even know what turn is supposed to come up. If you were to say to me, hey, I want to leave Oklahoma City and I want to go to Tulsa. You say, I'm going to take I-44. I'd say, that's a good idea. And if you said, I'm going to take I-44 west, I'd say, that's a bad idea. But do you know there are a lot of people that when they punch it in and, and God's showing them, okay, here's the path that I want you to take, the way that I want you to go. They don't follow that path and they're not doing what's already been communicated and they're going west and they're going, oh God, just show me the exit for Tulsa. Oh, God, help me to see, Lord, where is it? Because I'm looking specifically, Lord, I'm praying for the exit for Cracker Barrel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Lord, just show me. I don't see it anywhere. Lord, why are you so quiet? God, why won't you speak to me? God, why won't you show me? Cracker Barrel in Tulsa. I'm looking, Lord. I'm praying, Lord. And he's like, here's what I already told you to do. Go east on 44. Lord, I'm not interested in going east. I just want Cracker Barrel. Lord, that's all that I'm looking for. Show me the exit, Lord. He's saying you'll never find it if you're already doing the opposite of what I've already told you to do. But when you do what I've told you to do, you ever notice on that GPS and then it says, next, in one mile, take a left. And you do it because step by step of obedience leads you to awareness of the next step you want to know the will of God for your life do what he's already told you to do be in obedience to that follow that let God lead you through that and as you do you will discover the will of God what does it start with not just a curiosity but a commitment that says God I'm going to lean in because I want you not just your answer I want you where do you go from that? This, this devotion to doing it. Not just because I want to know it, but because I'm committed to doing it. Even if it doesn't make sense to me. Even if it's hard. Even if it looks inconvenient. Even if it looks out of the way. Even if it looks like it's a long route. I trust that you will get me where I need to be. When I need to be there. If I will trust you. Walking in obedience. And as you do that, I believe that God's what you say. Well, hey. You still didn't tell me what college I'm supposed to go to, though. That's why this is a three-part series, and you got to come back for the next two weeks. But it starts with doing what we already know to do. Would you bow your heads?